Welcome to the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and I have a really, really fun episode going on for you guys tonight. Uh, I'm actually excited about this because it's one of the more unique areas of nerd culture. It's one that we don't get to typically hear about too much over in my side of the nerd fandom, which is typically the Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer 40k. Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting to talk about steampunk tonight. And not only are we talking about steampunk, but we are talking to two people who run various steampunk festivals. Uh, I have David Carlson, uh, as he likes to call himself, the doer of oddball newt events, uh, doer of stuff, excuse me. (laughs) <laughs> as well as I have Melissa Honig, who runs or works with uh, Watch City Steampunk. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being on the show with me tonight. Thank you so much for, like, this episode came quickly together. I was, I'm actually really excited about this. Um, Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about something that you guys are obviously super passionate about. Just a little bit, I would hope. Um as you guys, I, I I love the attire that you guys are wearing. Uh, David, your 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 goggles were blinking earlier. <laughs> yes, I was concerned about setting off uh, seizures. That's in- so I didn't want to, and also it might have been a little bit distracting. So I could turn it on and then turn it off. <laughs> you know what? It's all good. It it looks seizure alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you are watching this, uh, he's giving you the warning right now. Let's see this. <laughs> now did you create these yourself i did not i i found them on a on a little known site called amazon <laughs> hey you know what no shame in that i love it um so let's get the most generic question out of the way uh what is steampunk um you want to go first go ahead no, you. I'm... <laughs> my, my, <laughs> uh, my answer is uh, th- there's a general phrase called retrofuturism. What did people of the past think the future was going to look like? So steampunk is what did the Victorians think the future was going to look like? Uh, or the people of the, the late 1800s. Um, and, uh, you know, everything H.G. Wells and Jules Verne wrote about, what if that came true? And it was this future of fantastic airships and uh, you know, deep travels on submarines. Um, and layer into that uh, a definite keeping uh, pile of whimsy, uh, just you know, having fun with you know, history and science fiction and, and mashing it all up. I like that. I think whimsy is key. Mm-hmm. Having whimsy is key to it. Because yeah. you don't want to get too bogged down in what 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 needs to be steampunk it should be for everyone okay it should be up to the person's interpretation i i define steampunk as like the victorian aesthetic with elements of sci-fi think jules verne think hg wells um think doctor who and there you that, go that is very true now I, you, I, you you do need kind of that victorian slash old west slash turn of the century you know it's that that industrial revolution era um aesthetic to it you know but not necessarily historically accurate there is definitely a lot if you know it when you see it 
when it, it comes to steampunk. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, you're kind of you are kind of looking for that that sort of turn of the century vibe. Okay, so you said something interesting, and I want to kind of touch on this. Uh, you said what Victorians thought the future would be like. So there's actual historical, I don't want to say accuracy, because, you know, it's not how, but it's it's what they legitimately thought the future the world was going to be like. Well, certainly with, with uh, Wells and Vern, you get uh, their visions of what they imagined the future would look like. Um, there are also some uh, hilarious uh, images, if you're looking for them, of you know, from around the turn of the century of what life was going to be like. And, and, and this artist was just drawing imaginings of, uh, you know, um, robot barbers cutting your hair and undersea races on, um, uh, on the back of giant seahorses and, you know, the mailman on his flying machine delivering your mail to the, the, to your house. And David, do you know what, I, you know, the images I'm talking about? I, I do. I do. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and so it's, but you can, you know, retrofuturism, like mid, mid 20th century retrofuturism, they, they, the people in the fifties thought we were all going to be wearing silver jumpsuits and bubble helmets. Right. You know, so. <laughs> Much like the, uh, images from the sixties of what they imagine, uh, the two thousands were going to be like, uh, they, they thought we'd be really, really advanced. <laughs> They're capable of flying uh, with backpacks and stuff, and or rather pedaling. Well, with the Victorians, it was pedaling bicycles in the air with a uh, little dirigible. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and there's there's always an element of that retrofuturism always reflects what you are, right? You know what what your current society is. So you know, 1950s. You know, looking ahead, everyone's wearing silver jumpsuits and bubble helmets, but the women are still doing the cooking, right? <laughs> You know, it, <laughs> there, there's some aspects of the future that they didn't figure out. And then it makes you think about us and like, what do we think the future is going to be like? You know, if you're kind of down on it, it's going to be Mad Max. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so you mentioned Jules Verne's and you mentioned H.G. Wells. Um, are these the defining characters or the artists who make up the genre of steampunk or was there any other writers artists that would be significant to this um oh my gosh i'm gonna screw up the name uh the lady who wrote uh frankenstein mary uh, Shelley. yes mary yeah. Shelley. thank you so yeah, much i think uh i would yeah absolutely mary shelley for for uh frankenstein i think hp lovecraft there's a lot of cthulhu cosmic horror uh that kind of goes into the dna of steampunk as well interesting i didn't even think about lovecraft there and i freaking love hp man that's he's one of my favorites i that's absolutely in there um how does yeah, steampunk others... oh sorry. sorry no 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 by all means <laughs> uh david can you think of anybody else or is that it charles uh, dickens okay um, and I mean, they laid the foundation for what steampunk is, but then I think throughout the years, people have kind of picked it up and done their own stuff, including later on, uh, Lovecraft. 
That's yeah. absolutely true. I think um, there's a lot in 1930s pulp, you know, uh, those, those Tom Swift, Thomas Edison Jr. There's uh, just something about the aesthetic of steampunk of you know, seeing the gears turning, seeing how it works. I don't know how to fix an old school watch, but I know that I could, could learn to do it if I had to. So, uh, and yeah, there's just something about uh, the the craftsmanship of something, of feeling, you know, feeling like this was this was made, you know, with uh, some intent on on you know both the the the, the visual appeal and the functionality. That's awesome. Uh, so, kind of talking, taking off from what you just said there, because you obviously seems you're very passionate in this, and there you there's things that really appeal to you. Uh, what was it? And we'll start with David on this one. Uh, what is it about steampunk that speaks to you? And what was the the keystone that brought you into this genre? Um, well, one year uh, I wanted to do a a, a Victorian themed Christmas card, mm. so I reached out to a photography uh, photographer friend um, to see if we could have some backdrops but the backdrops he he showed me were i don't know i i didn't really like it i i, I so i asked do you have like maybe access to a real victorian mansion mm -hmm. uh i'd love to be photographed in there i was thinking um we have these Cheney mansions here in uh, manchester uh i thought he was because he was a Manchester-based business. He'd reach out to them, but he reached out to a friend or a coworker whose family owns a, a funeral business in Bristol, Connecticut, and it was a Victorian mansion. So uh, we got to do it there, and um, of course, I wanted to spice it up a little bit, so I brought some props. Um, later, my son said, uh, "Father, that's steampunk." And I said, what is steampunk? And then like I <laughs> discovered what steampunk was and uh, or is, and it was everything that I ever loved. Like the H.G. Wells, the uh, Doctor Who, um, just the fashion. I grew up with a sister who was a Victorian, uh, who, who was an antique collector and mm. she loved everything Victorian. So I kind of grew up around that kind of aesthetic. I just loved it. Um, so when I discovered what it was called, I, I just kind of dove right into it. And so you went from that to actually helping run events. That's a big leap. That's that's pretty impressive, sir. Well, I'm not going to lie. Well, um, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, it was um, well, really done out of necessity because uh, there weren't many events around in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. um, there were events happening in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, but nothing really in Connecticut. And when I got into steampunk, I had just missed the one event that was in Connecticut. I was going to have to wait a whole nother year uh -huh. um, for it, which I did. <laughs> um, so I started going to local events and then I realized um, they were kind of stretched out over a number of days. And like, I don't have that that great of an uh, attention span so i said well i could do it in like eight hours or shorter time and just get everything that i want into a steampunk event in that time instead of like th over three days but now i do three-day events so 
Um, but I try and jam pack it with everything. That's awesome. And and you, madam? Um, I think similar to David, when I finally heard this term steampunk, I realized it kind of described something that I had always appreciated. Um, and I, I did actually try to backtrack. I think really where I first started actively engaging with the community. Somewhere mm. around 2009, I joined uh, a live journal group called Mass Steam. Back in the days when live journal was the place you went to communicate with, with everybody, a little bit pre-social media. Um, and that group did some events. Um, and then 2010, uh, the Charles River Museum of Industry and Innovation here in Waltham, Massachusetts, did a one day event inside the museum, which was steampunk themed. It was a fundraiser. They thought a few hundred people would show up and over a thousand showed up. And I went to that event and that was like, I've been to like some meetups, like, hey, let's go out to dinner. But that was my first event, like all day, everybody's steampunk. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. The, it is a, a museum about Waltham's industrial history. So it's absolutely smack dab right in that, uh, uh, industrial revolution, industrial, yeah, industrial revolution era. That old factory, you know, and and it was great. And um, so I started going to more events, but also uh, because it's in the town I live in, I uh, started volunteering with the festival when it uh, they decided to do it again for 2011 and moved it outside. Uh, so I I got involved with my local festival pretty early on. Um, but uh, didn't uh, just kind of started volunteering and, and doing various things. I didn't at, get asked to take over. Uh, the first time I took over was 2018. So uh, the event is no longer run by the museum. It is now run by uh, a nonprofit called the Downtown Waltham Partnership, who is a local boost organization. They're trying to give people reasons to come to Waltham because what I'm doing is an outdoor community festival that is free to uh, all attendees. So it's it's about being steampunk, but also about you know attracting people to Waltham and giving something for local residents to do and visitors to do, and uh, and also the steampunks to enjoy. That's awesome. That's a, that's super community supportive. That's that you're showing that you have a lot of TLC for your community, and that's one of the things. That's that's the repeating trend I see in a lot of nerd culture is we are a community that very much cares about our homes and, and cares about others. We seem to go out of our way to be as supportive for the friendly local stores, you know, local businesses. These things don't happen if somebody doesn't step up to run them. How did you feel stepping up? What was going through your head at the time in 2000? You said 18? Uh, yeah, we'd the, the museum ran it from 2010 to 2013. And then they weren't able to do it anymore. Downtown Waltham Partnership picked it up in 2015. Somebody else ran it for three years. And I was a volunteer, so I got to see how they were setting things up because it uh, when it got revived in 2015, the guy running it was not particularly into steampunk, but he was a local man who knew how to talk to the, the city of Waltham, 
I know who runs that business. I know who owns that building. I know who to talk to to get all this done. And he set up the blueprint. And I, then me coming in and saying, okay, I know I know what to do because he's advised me on what to do. So, Because uh, that's a lot of my job as the lead organizer is I get to do the boring bits where I go to the traffic commission meeting. I meet with the, the mayor's office. I figure out where the dumpsters and the porta potties are coming from. You know, <laughs> all the fun adulting stuff, the stuff you get to that you do the nitty gritty. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen to this because this is the kinds of things that go into these things. This is not the things you see. So God bless you for all the stress you're going, you go through to plan this. So let, let's kind of tread back over to the steampunky side. Um, a, a question for you. And this is something that has always been on my mind. Uh, what is steampunk culture's fascination with air balloons? Like, like no matter what you have, and it's not just like one or two, you have like blimps, you have hot air balloons, you have a plethora of variety. What is it, the fascination with them? A uh, 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 mode of transportation that gets you to a different perspective. Okay. All right. I <laughs> Get behind. I was willing to accept the answer. We just think they're cool, man. And I wouldn't oh, do yeah. it. <laughs> I think also there there's kind of an element of this this alternate future, right? You know, what mm -hmm. if the future that that happened? What if this is the future where Hindenburg never crashed? Because that was kind of the, the the death knell of the airship as common uh common means of transportation. But what if that never happened? What if they just got safer, and and what if uh, we could say? I don't know if you can see in my my background here. We've got our little cartoon airship. Um, what if you could just have your own personal airship? I could just you know strap it on my back and fly off to work, and uh, okay. and you know, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 that thing that we don't have today. So okay. it's to think about what if we had that. I like that. I, I I'm absolutely, and it's not to judge you guys or anything like it. It's just I was like, I was always just curious. Um, mm -hmm. and it, it's, and I know we talked about H, come some of the inspirations for, uh, steampunk culture. Uh, but it seems like the nautical world, the the oceanography, uh, has a, a higher influence. Is that because of Jules Verne, or is it just seem to flow better, like sailing ships versus nautical ships and the Mariner mentality seem to flow better with the steampunk genre? I think my first thought is that the 1954 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea movie is also part of the DNA of, of steampunk. Okay. That, that sort of Victorian uh, yet fantastic future submarine fighting with krakens um and yeah that's that's, that's kind of my first thought uh, okay david did you want to add to that uh, no she's perfectly summed that up <laughs> <laughs> i grabbed all the good answers sorry yeah. well and it, well I, it's I was just thinking about it in, in the picture behind you. It there's quite literally a squid right over in the corner. So it's like, oh, it just kind of seems to go with that. And I like I said, I was it, it you see the octopus, you see squids and fish, and 
lots of Mariner style stuff. And it just, I, I was always curious about that too. Um, kind of going from that, uh, let's kind of talk about the fashion and clothing styles here of steampunk. Uh, some of which you guys are wearing. Uh, what is considered the standard attire for someone doing steampunk? And what are some of the other styles that fashions that go with it? Well, for the men, top hats, goggles, glasses, um, monocles, um, vests, rings, uh, walking shoes or boots, waistcoats, weights, weight, weight, vests. <laughs> I was trying to say waistcoats. Waistcoats. Yeah. Yes. Um, walking sticks. Okay. Yeah, I think with, with women's fashion, you're kind of looking for that sort of roughly, um, uh, you know, you get, you get your ruffles. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, skirts, you often see women kind of hiking their the skirts up. There's a little bit of um, kind of revealing things that a true Victorian person would never see. For example, you'll often see uh women with corsets uh on the outside gasp you know corsets run garments you wouldn't show off your corset in public you hussy uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so i think you know um for for a lot of women you know sometimes it you'll see women in in perfectly uh accurate victorian attire because that's you know there's costume nerds uh, who who would would just love that, and then you get, uh, you know, people who are uh, have a character. They're kind of telling a story. I'm a, a you know, a, an engineer. I'm a, a you know, airship pirate, um, and so kind of their their costumes uh, are all part of their story. Why do I have these things in my pockets? Um, and but I would say that if you're starting out, don't let all of that intimidate you. You've probably got something in the back of your closet that can, you know, that that's a little bit roughly, or maybe can pass for old west. That works too. Um, or uh, and I find so that you might have just like a real basic base layer, and it's the accessories that make it. You know, you know, like David's got his ascot and his goggles on and uh you know just a, a few well-chosen accessories can kind of tip you over into oh yeah yeah you're, you're looking steamy now <laughs> awesome uh, and and if you really want to cheat you hmm. could say you can invoke the time travel card and say you're a time traveler from a, a future you've just landed here or you've just transported here in time and that's why you're not wearing the style of the the times <laughs> I like that. That's that's a nice little cheat right there. Uh, what are some common misconceptions or stereotypes people might have about steampunk culture? That we wear brown all the time. Uh, I didn't even think about the yes. color being an issue. There's, but there's... I mean, I guess we're uh, 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 incorporating more color. Uh, so hmm. we're pastel steampunk. Okay. The Victorians, you know, that's pretty color photography you know that's why we think of them as all being sepia toned because that's where the technology was at the time 
But if you look at actual Victorian clothing, it you know uh, could be very bright and colorful and patterns. Um, and um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and 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 not everybody's an engineer. Not everybody's a mechanic. Not everybody is this evil maniacal curly mustache top hat over the top. Uh, oh my God. What was the guy's name? Uh, Dick Dastardly. Not, yes. not everybody. Looks... <laughs> you can, you can, if you want to. Um, okay. That is an option. You, you, when you, when you look at the people who are done up the most and they've got props and they've got costume, that's wonderful. It's a lot of fun, but don't feel like you have to do that. You can, if you start, down this path, you can spend lots of money on very fancy costuming, but you don't need to. You know, you can, uh, you know, get some good bits out of your closet and just start small. And of course, both of our events have plenty of vendors who will sell you things. Yep. And you know, hit up the thrift stores. Savers. Savers, yeah. Um, you know, find some good belts and boots and and a roughly skirt, and you know, you. Uh, I, I honestly, a lot of my stuff is uh, stuff I I bought. This, I, this roughly shirt was I found at JC Penney. Um, nice. <laughs> so it's once you kind of know what you're looking for, keep an eye out for it. And sometimes you can just find it at regular stores. You don't have to go shopping at the steampunk emporiums, which will sell you wonderful things, but they will also charge you for it. <laughs> Can't imagine that. No. But once, but you know, if, if you've got the money and to, to do it, man, you can. There's some amazing stuff that the vendors have for sale. <laughs> or if you got your the skills to sew and put together um, outfits, make your own outfits, you could do that. That's awesome. Is, you know, as long as you're kind of somewhere in that zone of of the the pseudo Victorian aesthetic, there's no one true right way to do steampunk. Like if you are in the 501st, which is the Star Wars group where screen accuracy is all, which is wonderful, happy for them. You know, uh, that is absolutely not what we are doing. Uh, you know, we're like, you know, it's very DIY. Uh, everyone looks different and, and unique. Uh, no one's gonna come up and say, that's not, you know, that's not accurate because what's accurate in this game, right? You know, but mm -hmm. you just, there's there's kind of a vibe that you're you're going for. So going from that, let, let let's talk about the thing we did bring you more to talk on, and, and that's your guys' festivals that you guys have going on. Uh, so Melissa, we'll start with you. Uh, so you are out of Massachusetts, so you do uh, the West or uh, the Watch City Steampunk Festival, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, you you've done for this year, or do you have it? It's going on uh we already more. did it for this year we are mm. traditionally the saturday of mother's day weekend whatever mm. weekend that happens to be and as i said we are a free outdoor festival mm -hmm. uh, taking place in downtown waltham massachusetts uh we're a one-day event uh, on a saturday um and we have uh, vendors we have performers on a couple of stages we have children activities um and uh we just have a lot of fun um and we um past couple of years like we had to take 2020 and 2021 off like everybody else but we mm -hmm. did back not me 
22. <laughs> um, and uh, we did some virtual stuff, but it's, it's not as, as fun really as, as, uh, as doing a live event. We were able to come back last year. And then uh, I think looking forward, I'd like to try to expand a little bit more, you know, uh, you know, can can we or you know can we reasonably expand like you do do more things in other parts of Waltham uh, without uh, overextending ourselves because you know I mean, anything more we add means more things we have to make sure that there's people running it right you know, I got you, got you. yeah it's always so about balancing your resources what would be one thing that you would is a a huge selling thing that is really fun that are really popular at your guys' festival? What is something that brings the people to come check it out? Or one of your favorite things? Uh, there's kind of a couple of different audiences for us because there's the steampunks who mm -hmm. will come uh, and will uh, hopefully know uh, who our entertainers are, or at least some of them. Uh, and they'll come because they wanted to be there for you know the steampunk activities. But since we're open to the public, um, a big part of our audience is just local residents who might not know anything about steampunk, uh, but they're here to visit the vendors, to uh, take their kids over to the kids' activities, and you know just watch the interesting people in their costumes go by. Um, and uh, so we're trying to make sure that we've got a variety of things going on that if you don't know anything about steampunk, you'll still have. Nice. Awesome. I love it. So I, uh, I do think the vendors are a big draw. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, David, you do a couple ones. You have the Stupid Cupid Steampunk Festival, and yeah. you do uh, with uh, 12 months of steampunk. Yeah. Uh, so kind of give me a breakdown of these, sir, if you don't mind. Well, the 12 months of steampunk is a different... Uh, event photo shoot or happening that happens every month of the mm. year um, oh, wow. because early on like i said um i missed the one connecticut event that happened so you'd have to wait a whole year for it mm. so i changed I, I i my my mission was to have something every month so every month i have to have some kind of event now the big event that um my claim to fame is the stupid Cupid steampunk ball. And that's in February. Um, and that was a one day event. It's turned into a three day event where I'm now taking over a hotel. Um, but I do have 11 other events throughout the year. Um, and they're all very different. Uh, in uh, last month, I did a tea house crawl. It's like a pub crawl, but with tea. And, um, we went to various different places to have tea and um, watch city was, uh, was one of the places that we went, we served tea there. Nice. Um, but I, as, as a fan of steampunk events, watch city is the best event ever. <laughs> I mean, I love my event. Um, if I didn't have my events, watch city would, would keep me alive. I love that. That's that's great. And I and it, it, like I go for the vendors and I go for the music and I, I and I go for the 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 people looking. It, that's it's awesome. A great, really yeah. well run event. But um, my uh, the events that I have coming up um, every month, um, I've got a uh, a pirate themed 
uh, event coming up next month. And then in July, uh, I have the Midsummer Mermaid Menagerie and Beach Bay Fun in the Sun uh, photo shoot and potluck picnic at Harkness Park. Um, and then uh, I have a, a book event called the Book Feed Readers Fest. Um, then uh, I have another tea. And then I have Phantom Night at the Opera where uh, you know how we've all kind of grown up watching cartoons like Bugs Bunny and all the Bugs Bunny cartoons would introduce yeah. like opera to us. So we've all kind of associated uh, opera with Bugs Bunny. So um, at this place that we at the Bristol uh, Historical Society, um, we're going to show the old classic Bugs Bunny movie, then show the Phantom of the Opera. And then we're going to have an opera singer sing selections from the opera. Oh wow, that's cool. Oh, that's that's. I was like, all right, I'm down for the cartoons, and they're like, we're doing fan of the opera. Dope. All right, we're going the classics oh. here, and then and we have cheese, a, a great assortment of cheese. <laughs> I'm I'm in. I'm in. I, you don't have to sell me anymore. I'm in, sir. I, let Let's do this. Um, now I am curious because you're doing all these tea things now. I, my pride and joy, because I live here in Southington, Connecticut, is this quaint little tea shop named Fable. Have you been to them yet? Fable? Yes. I have not. No. You definitely. If you are a a connoisseur uh, of teas, you will definitely like this place. Uh, they actually were just in a cocktail festival. They did a cocktail competition, actually, uh, a couple days ago, where they had to take spice rum and put it into a drink and they made this drink called phase delight and it was like this hibiscus black tea with like vanilla extract or like no actually cut up vanilla and spiced rum into it so you know a little it it was actually pretty good i'm not gonna lie i i, I did quite enjoy it you know and who doesn't enjoy their their drinks a little bit spiked you know indeed <laughs> um and so in the the other thing, uh, stupid Cupid Steampunk Festival. Uh, oh, stupid Cupid Steampunk Ball. Oh yeah. So what is all that one? Is it is it? Uh, I'll just you know let you explain it. Um. Well, uh, it's a it's a, it's a three day festival, a three day indoor festival at a hotel where there's vendors, panels, workshops, fashion shows, bands playing all three days. Um, it's just, a a great happening. That's awesome. And, um, and we're, uh, we're, we do it in February. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of in a bubble where no one else kind of has an event around that time because everybody's fearful of the weather and stuff. <laughs> and luckily with the exception of the very first stupid Cupid and this stupid Cupid, this past one, uh, we've, we've had incredible weather. But the first mm. stupid Cupid, uh, we met. We were met with a blizzard. It was beautiful leading up to it, beautiful the day after, but the day of the event, you know, there was a blizzard, and then it was just really cold. Um, yeah, it was really cold. Uh, yeah, this this past year. Although I see, I I'm I'm so busy running my event that I don't really get to see that much of it. So I go to other events oh. to to actually. Just <laughs> sit back and 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 watch the entertainment <laughs> it's nice not having to deal with chaos isn't it is you're just like oh this is somebody else's problem <laughs> yeah uh, 
exactly. So that... we are we are entering our ninth year. Um, oh, wow. Unlike a lot of other festivals and or events, we we didn't let stupid uh, we didn't let um, COVID interfere with us. We, in fact, we called that year's stupid Cupid stupid COVID. Nice, nice. And uh, we. We we uh, we said it was the socially distanced soiree of the season, and we put the play <laughs> back in play. I love it. Like in, in my mind, I'm imagining all these because you know everybody has had masks, uh, like these just little <laughs> yes, masks with cots and little <laughs> like just metallic looking, very unique style masks. I can only imagine that those were there were some fun styles with them. I was we were I starting have, to see a lot a of plague doctors here. going around. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I actually had a transparent mask, uh-huh. plastic transparent, um, because um, I, I I felt that uh, the masks, like the, the medical masks that we were re- we were required to wear, just kind of took away from the outfits. I got it. So this I was able to see, uh, have people see my face, and I was the host with the most. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know what? I, I honestly feel like this is a great place to wrap this up. Um, so do you guys have any final thoughts before we do all the plugs? You know, it, it's a lot of fun. Come join our events. Um, don't feel that you have to have a complete character or a complete outfit together. You know, just just make an attempt uh, and come join the fun. Everybody starts somewhere. When I started, I didn't have a, a complete outfit, but I went, I had fun, I kept coming, and I slowly built up a wardrobe, and the same can be of you. That's awesome. All right, so where can the good people out in Nerd Nation find you guys? Uh, Melissa, we'll start with you. Um, so the Watch City Steampunk Festival uh, can be found at www.watchcityfestival.com. Mm-hmm. And we are... Uh, also on Facebook and Instagram and kind of Twitter, you know, Twitter's Twitter's busy imploding. So, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, probably the best place to find us is, is Facebook or of course, check our website. Awesome. And David, sir. Uh, we're mostly on Facebook. Uh, so if you go on Facebook, you could uh, like or follow uh, 12 months of steampunk or oddball newt. Um, we do have a, a meetup group called the uh, Silk City Steampunk. It's based out of Manchester, but we go all over the place. Um, that's also on Facebook. It's called Silk City Steampunk. Um, I have uh, some QR codes. So hopefully with your good di- um, good editing, I'm going to point right here and say, this is the, well, never mind. I'm going to give you QR codes for Oddball Newton, Silk City. Steampunk. Yeah, we'll put it up on the websites and everything. Okay. We'll put it up in the things for you. Don't worry. We got you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Also, um, you know, we're we're just two organizers. There are other groups out there. Uh, if you're in the Boston area, there's a guy named uh, Scott Silva who has uh, jumped all in on doing monthly meetups in the Boston area. Uh, Boston area steampunk gatherings on Facebook. Uh, if you're out of New Hampshire, uh, you want to look for the citizens of Antiford. Um, I'm just randomly uh, uh, down in Southern Massachusetts, there's Jewelry City Steampunk Festival. Um, so, you know, if you 
you look around, you will find uh, lots of, of groups that you can just join up with and talk to. And, um, uh, and also, if you are so inclined, feel free to start your own. Awesome. Yes, exactly. I've encouraged um, a, a couple uh, people to start their own groups. Uh, two in Massachusetts, not trying to step on anybody's toes there, but um, <laughs> Paradise City out of Northampton. Um, Kit Cartlett uh, is creating events and Joanne Busker um, out of Uxbridge. Yeah. Uh, they're doing monthly meetups. That's Yarn City. And in Rhode Island, uh, there's uh, Lace Town Steampunk. There's a lot out there. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I have this feeling. I, I, I don't know this for sure, but I kind of get the feeling, you know, Watch City is the city of Waltham's actual nickname. That's where they came from. And I kind of feel like we, we started this pattern of everybody sort of picking up on their local claim to fame as you know attleboro is jewelry city there really was jewelry being made there you know and um i assume in connecticut there is a connection to silk somehow uh, oh yeah well in manchester we're famous for our silk for our parachutes and stuff like that manchester um and yarn city is famous for their yarn and late uh that's so cool there's actual historical one. connections that's that's oh, yeah. really dude that's on a different level of nerdy that i absolutely <laughs> love and dude i i do i like the stuff like that the little clever clever deep cuts that's that's what makes this so much fun and the fact that you guys are able to embrace it and personify it kudos to you guys seriously um thank you so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up on our side. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We only get better with your reviews. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod or on our webpage, nerddnapod.com. I'm your host, Steve Pugh. I have been joined with the connoisseurs of the Victorian, the vestiges of the mysteries that is steampunk melissa and david guys thank you so much for being on the show tonight with me thank you so much seriously thank you for having us thank you thank you and good night